Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mark Vine Show, and thanks for joining us once again on your one-stop shop for freedom, liberty, the American way, and frankly, just, you know, the right way to live your life. And I hope that you're going to spread this podcast uh, all across the nation, in fact, all across the world, but I particularly want you to give this podcast to your liberal friends, if you have any left. And, you know, what I want to do today is I want to give you part two of a live stream show that uh, my buddy Frank Runnels and I did with Chris Coles, who's also known as Mr. Rakin. He's got his all he's got his own uh, YouTube show. And please check him out. It's a great show. And he had us on as a guest. And you know what? This show was uh, live streamed on August 26th of this year, and the conversation covers a lot of territory, and it includes government corruption and the Biden incompetence, of which there is no shortage of. And, you know, the fact is, there's just a lot to learn here from you know, the, the things that the, the Biden administration is doing, and my goodness, are we eager for the midterm elections to slow some of this stuff down. Now, if you live in Virginia, like I do, we have an election coming up here in a few short weeks to elect uh, the governor of Virginia, and the Republican candidate is Yunkin, and on the Democrat side, we have McAuliffe, who has been governor before. And if you live in Virginia, please, please, please show up. Unless you're a Democrat, then uh, don't show up. You know what I mean. But anyway, here's part one of our live stream interview with Chris Coles, or a.k.a. Mr. Reagan. It was just Comey and his his gang, but since then we have we have I, I don't know how familiar you guys are with this, but Revolver has put out a couple of articles. What about the Gretchen Whitmer plot? Do you guys know about this? The kidnapping? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And how the FBI, in fact, essentially entrapped everybody that was involved in that Whitmer plot. It was a bunch of FBI informants, a bunch of FBI agents who came up with this plot. And were seemed to be grooming guys that they thought might be extremists to work with them to try to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. And once one of these guys was like, I mean, okay, I guess, they said, aha, you're a terrorist. You need to go to prison, right? They essentially entrapped this guy, a, a few guys. And it looks like, if you read the, the Revolver report, um, it looks like... They did the same thing on January 6th. They had FBI agents, or FBI informants anyway, at the top levels of all of these militia groups and, um, you know, like the, the, the Proud Boys is not a militia group, but, you know, the Proud Boys. These different mm-hmm. organizations had FBI informants at the very top levels, and they were feeding them instructions to try to recommend radical action on January 6th. And it looks like the January 6th protesters that were involved in those groups. They're trying to throw the book at them, trying to say, oh, you guys were, you know, obviously they've come out with leaks now with, I think it was uh, Reuters, that says that the FBI is now saying, oh, there was no, there was nothing. There was nothing. There was no plot. There was nothing. It was, it, nobody did anything wrong. But they've arrested hundreds of people. People are rotting in prison right now. This is like, we're like living in friggin', you know, China or Cuba or Venezuela now, we're just arresting you know, political dissidents and putting them in prison forever. Uh, you know, like literally people have been in prison for months. Mm-hmm. Months. That's, that's a violation of the Constitution right there. You know, quick and speedy trial or whatever it is, right? We, you know, if you don't give uh, uh, citizens their, tri- you know, their trial quickly, that can actually result in a mistrial even, or, you know, uh, exoneration. Uh, you know, because you're messing the whole thing up. Like, you're just keeping them in prison for too long. Um, it, it, these guys have all been in prison for too long, way too long. 
So to me, it's like, well, no, it wasn't just Comey. And so the question I have for you guys is, at the at least at the top levels, is the FBI still corrupt? Frank, did you want to address that? I think the problem is, I, I don't know if I'd go, I can't say that they're corrupt because I really don't know the players at the top with the exception of Christopher Ray. And I think he was a bad selection for mm -hmm. director because what they needed was a reformer. They needed someone to come in and reform the agency because it completely lost its way mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. But the, the crossfire hurricane investigation and the, uh, the Clinton email scandal really threw back the curtain to show how, how far off we had wandered from our real mission. Mm -hmm. uh, when you talk about the Whitmer case in uh, Michigan, I've done, I've done a lot of undercover operations and Mike has also mm -hmm. ran a lot of different sources. And the key is this, and this is, this is really the crux of it. When you're dealing with a source or you're dealing with an undercover operation, you have to let them come along. You, they, but you have to target guys that are predisposed to do something. You cannot take a leadership role in the operation and say, hey, guys, let's go blow this place up. Now, but you, what you're saying is how you're supposed to do it. Right. But it doesn't right. appear that that's how it happened. Well, I, I agree. I think that they they took far too active a role. Whenever you take a leadership position like their source did in the Whitmer case, he yeah. became like the leader of the operation. Exactly. At that point, yeah. you're you're directing the actions more than observing and, and grabbing into it. And that becomes entrapment, am I wrong? It can't. It can't, yeah. but it's there's it's a little nuanced <laughs> because you have the attorney general guidelines which allows for a certain amount of illegal activity to take place as long as it's been vetted and approved, you know, but you cannot. Which is you fine. I'm directly. all for undercover finding out about these people being extremists and having right. these, um, thank you, Donut, and having these uh, intentions. But if they didn't have the intention before it was suggested to them, well, that's, then that's, that's entrapment. See, that's the key. You right. have to make sure that they are predisposed. And that you're not convincing them. And as you're going along, even if they're predisposed and they say, I want to do this. And then at the end, they say, I don't want to do it. Yeah. You can't get them. You can't try to talk them into it because now you're you are entrapping them. You're trying to direct their actions. It has to yeah. be somewhat passive because yeah. you're in that position to gather information, to gather evidence, to gather intel of what they're doing, what their plans are. And you will play the role of helping to facilitate, maybe, but you won't get them explosives. But if they say, hey, do you know where we get some explosives? You but say, it looks like I, the Whitmer, in the Whitmer case anyway, the explosives were provided by the FBI and they were encouraged to go pick them up from another well, agent. It, what you're supposed to do, what, what you're supposed to do, A, uh, this was a crime that was that these people the way that it's supposed to happen is they were planning on doing this. Right. And then, then you introduce a source or you introduce an undercover uh, agent, and then they then become part of the organization yeah. that was already predisposed yeah. to a criminal act. 
I should take that back you, with the explosive. I don't know if there was explosives in the Whitmer case, but any, any everything involved, it seemed like was being supplied. But by. all the way right. around, along the way, what you're supposed to be doing this had that everything about this has to be the idea of the 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 suspect of the, the, suspect, the subject. Right. Yeah. Okay, and and ev- and while you're doing this, uh, and and I've done these operations. Did you guys read Frank the revolver is, articles about this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did. did. Okay. okay. And the, so and the thing is, about. is that that what and you're supposed you, to do. What's your t- what, sorry, sorry. Continue. Well, okay. hold on one second. Yeah, but yeah. what you're supposed to do is give them an option to to not commit the crime, thereby demonstrating this was their idea. They right. were not yeah. being encouraged. They were not being pressured to do that. And so, what's That's your what's read on work. that? Because if you've read the article and you guys know how it's supposed to work, you guys seem like you're totally confident this is how it's supposed to work. Yep. Do you think it worked like that in the Whitmer case? No, I think that they, I think that the agents and the people running it became overzealous. They mm-hmm. gave probably bad direction to their sources and let them to go further than they were. But you got to remember that Whitmer case is a huge case. Okay, yeah. that's a huge case not only for the case public. agent. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's not only a huge case for the, the case agent, but also everyone in his chain of command because they're mm-hmm. all going to be dining off that case. For many years in their career, this is if you're a, a field supervisor, this this case is probably going to get yeah. you two or three promotions. You know, what I and mean? to if some degree, an, it's going to make some of the people famous, at right. least within the agency. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so they get that as a you know, as they say, the horse got its bit in the mouth and they couldn't stop it because right. they they right. got so excited they were going to make this case. But and here's that's the thing, when, Frank. Nobody was aware of this kind of corruption until that revolver article came out and that article didn't come out until after way after january 6th so it looked to me like that might have been a precedent oh we went this far already it's sort of like uh this this sounds kind of vulgar well i'm not going to get into that but you know what i mean like uh if a girl's gone a certain uh, you know done yeah. certain things she's like well i might as well go all the way right i kind of feel like maybe that's what happened with the fbi right they they got involved in the Whitmer case. They said, okay, maybe we went too far here, but uh, uh, hell, we've already done it. Let's you know, let's try to apply those same tactics on January sixth. Do you guys think that's possible? I mean, I know you guys weren't in the FBI at the time January sixth happened, but do you think maybe they went too far there as well? Like Revolver had suggested in their article. Well, there's one thing, and Mike and I both saw this right. when we read the Revolver article, and I and I haven't really heard anybody make this comparison. But when you read the, ar- the article, the revolver, about how they stormed the Michigan State Capitol mm-hmm. and look at how they stormed the Capitol. If you read the article, the, they were expecting resistance from the cops. And all of a sudden, the cops basically stepped aside and let them come in, right? Right. Yeah. Into the state yeah. Capitol. Exactly. What Very much January like 6th. this uh, January 6th. So is there a parallel? Is there? Was that a template? It certainly makes me it question it. Like- yeah, yeah, it looks it, like it. Yeah, from the outside, right. it really looks like uh, uh, you know the FBI is going too far here in many of these instances. Anyway, sorry, Mark, you want to say you that? know, and I, and I was going to say, and, and people forget that domestic terrorism cases are very, very specific. In FBI headquarters, um, the, this balance between your exercising your First Amendment protected speech and committing a crime, yeah. very careful. 
into it. In fact, the public oftentimes, you know, the, the Southern Poverty Law Center and, and some of the other groups that are out there were always contacting us and saying, hey, you know, this is a hate group out here and, mm. and this, this group is doing this and, and, and we wouldn't. <laughs> so they have leeway. They have a, a lot broad spectrum of, of people that they can call extremists that the FBI not will not necessarily call an extremist because we well, depending we, on who's in charge of the FBI exactly and that's what I'm getting at is historic now with the way that it's supposed to work is mm-hmm. that it just because you have views that are distasteful and in the mm-hmm. Ku Klux Klan is a, a, a classic example of this you know in this country you're allowed to have distasteful views and ideas they can be mm-hmm. they can be horrible but what makes a domestic terrorism case is that you plan on using your views, your ideology, to further that, that agenda through the use of overthrowing the government through the use of force and violence. Right. Now, you have to have those elements, okay? But because if you want to fly a swastika flag in, in front of your house or burn a cross down, that's distasteful. And I get legal. But it's free speech. But it's free right. speech. Now, when you try then use a weapon or you try to use violence, to further your political agenda, that's another issue. Now, the question here, and this has always been so the question, crossing from free speech into criminality. Right. So in Mich- so the question in Michigan and in January 6th in the Capitol, and this is the debate that still has not been settled because mm-hmm. this is not a clear-cut case. Were the people storming the, go- the, um, the House in Michigan, were these people actually storming the Capitol on January 6th, because there are reports now, and I don't have all the answers to this. I'm going to tell you right up front, but there are claims that police officers were letting people into the Capitol I, building. I saw that. I mean, I've seen the video. Yeah, I've we've, seen, right. the we've all seen the video. So yeah. were they, they using force of violence? In. And my question is, no. how many weapons were confiscated on January 6th? I mean, what kind of an insurrection Zero. do you do? One? Zero. Zero. Right. So there was bear were they spray. using force of violence? There was bear spray. If you look it up, my, my, uh, somebody wrote me and they were like, it was an armed insurrection. I mean, what do you mean armed? They wrote, there was bear spray. Yeah, okay. And I'll tell you what, guys, I've looked up yeah. bear spray. I don't know if you guys know anything about bear spray. I've looked it up. The formulation of bear spray is actually less effective on people than your regular pepper spray that you would bring, like you know, my wife has. Right. Bear spray isn't effective on humans, really. And by so the way, the, qu- the question is carrying that, is that illegal? Is it illegal to do no. that? No. Right. Okay. Right. So, so, but and also again, the Capitol is often open. Case. By the way, I don't even know if it's te- if it's trespassing, because the Capitol is often aware. open to the public. I am not aware of one weapon being and and if and if you have listeners that have information different than me, I'm not aware of one weapon that was confiscated. Yeah. I'm only aware of one person that was killed that day by a firearm. Yeah. And that was an yeah, unarmed was female. Yeah. And you, you right. guys, I got a big question. Big question. Mm-hmm. Why the hell are these people still in prison? Why are they still rotting in jail waiting for trial? That's a good What's question. What's going on there? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, this it's, is completely unconstitutional. I mean, I, 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 there's any way you look at it, I can't see any other explanation. This is unconstitutional. This is illegal. You can't do this. Right. There's no, there's no way to square that when you're letting people out that have committed violent crimes to up to manslaughter and murder. And they're getting bail, and that you're holding a guy for you know solitary confinement for six or eight months for trespassing, yeah. a, a federal misdemeanor. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I've done a lot of cases in my career. I've never in my entire career ever charged anybody with a federal misdemeanor. 
By the way, that's true with me as well. And and I actually not only did I never charge anybody with a federal misdemeanor, I don't know an agent that that filed no. a, a federal because it's in, a waste of your time. Years. Because right. it's a waste of your time. Right, right. The, 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 US, other things to do. the U.S. Yeah. Attorney's Office wouldn't even entertain something like it. If you bring a charge like that to the U.S. Attorney's Office, they'd say. You, you have nothing better to do. You're bothering me. You know? So this is entirely political is what you're saying. They oh, wouldn't I, waste it, time yeah. with it. Yeah, I, I don't I, see what I, else would, it could be. I think it's safe to say, yes, this is political. Uh, the holding these people for this long is political. If you want to arrest them, arrest them, charge them. But they should be released on their own recognizance. They have not yeah. shown that they're a flight risk. They have not shown any violent tendencies. Uh, so they're, and they're using well, they, you know, they use violent rhetoric. Well, uh, violent rhetoric is I talk mean to somebody. That is not illegal. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that exactly. is not illegal. We got about seven hundred people in the chat. We're going to start taking questions here in a second, but I want to wrap up the interview part of this. Oh, my, my cat's going crazy. Uh, I have a Bengal, guys. They're very loud. Unless you have a really big house, I thought that, don't was, I thought a that was a, I thought that was a peacock. <laughs> yes, my, my wife is strangling a peacock. Um, no, there's, we have this cat. So uh, it costs us way too much money as well. It's not worth it. I'm allergic to cats, so I had to get this particular breed. But look, uh, okay, so last question. This is, a, this is another big one. This is another important one. How do we fix this? How do we fix the country? Mm-hmm. And do we think, mm-hmm. because I, I could tell you from personal experience, I have two good friends, two of my best friends in the whole world, Voted Democrat their whole life. They see what's going on in Afghanistan. They see what's going on with COVID and the new mandate, you know, more mandates, more lockdowns. Mm-hmm. They see what's going right. on all over the country with, with what's going on in the federal government, uh, you know, shutting down oil pipelines, gas prices going up. They see all this pro- these problems and they're saying, look, this is, this is getting ridiculous. We can't keep voting for Democrats. We so can't. Both, of my, both of my, like, you know, Die-hard Democrat friends, and these are two of my best friends in the world, have both told me they're voting Republican from now on. And to me, that is a big shift. So I have some hope that in 2024, probably 2022 even, we're really going to see a shift. Um, But I'm curious what you guys think needs to change here because it does, you know, I know you guys don't want to say there's corruption, but you don't have people rotting in prison for months at a time being charged with misdemeanors, being charged with trespassing, absurd things like this, without some level of corruption there, right? Uh, or at least influence from corrupt individuals from the outside. So how do we change the FBI? How do we change the federal government in a way to sort of fix the problems that are going on right now? Mike, why don't you take it? I got, Chris, I got to step away for just a moment, and then I'll, I'll chime okay. in when I get back. Okay, Frank, okay. He's going to go choke his peacock. His pet peacock. (laughs) Whoa, 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 Mark! Come on, I don't want to hear. That's that's revolting. Uh, No, uh, yeah, he's got some pet that he's got to go after. You know how did how did it change? So start with the um, um, start with the FBI. We we need Frank started out uh, talking about this. I don't think Mark meant that quite as vulgar as it sounded. No, no, no. He he said that you had a pet peacock, and he's going to go chill. No, I. it's not meant to be vulgar at all. Not at all. Oh, no. my God. It came no. across way worse than it was. Sorry. <laughs> Let's bring this back I know to where some, you're, some, you're lines so, some sense of seriousness. Sorry. No, about he, listen, um, when it comes to the, the FBI, we need a reformer. And you, you just need a clear house, uh, uh, not, not just at the yeah. top level. You mean you know, get, Trump, uh, get Christopher Ray out, bring in somebody who is. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I will tell you this, that 
one of the best things I had so much admiration for um, Donald Trump when he fired yeah. James Comey and then ultimately right. uh, the rest of the crew, McCabe and Strzok and Page and, and the rest of them. By the way, there were a lot of other people besides. And it's those. really a shame he wasn't yeah. fired earlier, really. Yes. Uh, I don't think Trump but, really but I'll tell you, but, but what your listeners need to understand is what a gutsy move uh, that was because at the time – James Comey was very popular, not only in the FBI, but over on the Hill. And when he... Oh, you mean just among, among policymakers? Among, yes, uh, abs- and uh, even internally in the FBI. And I Why remember... Why is that? Why is that? Well, hold, hold on. Let me, let me just finish okay, yeah. this thought, and then I'll, 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 I'll come back to that. Yeah. I, remember, uh, I remember being at FBI headquarters, and the day that James Comey gave that speech, the, the famous speech where he read the basically what should have been an indictment and then chose not to pursue it, I remember turning to some of my colleagues and i said that man needs to be fired right now he will mm-hmm. but it, amongst our group it was but he'll never be fired because he's too popular nobody in their right mind would fire a guy that that's the, that's that popular well so, so Trump, months later because he was an outsider months later months later though i'm driving home from work and a friend of mine called me up and he said you know what what did you think about you know comey and i said what are you, what are you talking about i was on my way home from work and i hadn't listened to the news yet and uh, make a long story short, what it, what had happened was my friend was calling me to tell me that Trump had fired uh, right. James Comey, and I didn't see it coming, and I was shocked, I was stunned. But but Trump gained my respect that day because, mm. again, he was at that time very popular on the Hill, very popular amongst the support employee, professional support employees in the FBI, and it took um, you know somebody to go out on the limb and get rid of him, and he did. Now later, Trump seemed we, never to care about making enemies. But though, later, <laughs> we found out even even yeah. here's the mistake. Okay. okay, and if there's anybody in Trump world that's listening to me right now, mm-hmm. here's what you need to understand: what, what Trump and this is not his fault. He he did not know the internal workings of the FBI. Mm-hmm. He didn't mm-hmm. realize how deep this went. Mm-hmm. And if you get in office again, Mr. Trump or anybody in your camp. You're going to have to have people that are on your staff that have spent time in the uh, the FBI, know the FBI, and know the inner workings of the FBI because it is deep. And cutting off uh, Comey, who was – he was a, a – um, uh, he was an appointed official. He was not a career FBI guy. He does not know the extent of the dirt. And you're going to have to have people that come in that know where it is and can come in and clean house. Um, and that's just the FBI. But you can go over to the agency. You can go over to the NSA. And, and it's the same over there. And over to DOD, you can see it the same way. But Trump, if you, if Mr. Trump, if you get in, in office again or DeSantis or whoever gets in, you need to bring people in that understand these organizations. Mm-hmm. And, You're and saying when you cut deep. out cancer, you got to cut out all the cancer. Deep, yeah. deep, yeah. absolutely. See, for me, with Trump and Comey, the, the first mistake he made was he should have fired him immediately, day one. He should have been gone. Yeah, I don't yeah. think Trump was quite savvy enough about what no. was going on. To no. know. He was outsider. He didn't really know. Right. No. It, it, that was his first mistake. Uh, here's the, Here's the thing. Because no one was held accountable for Crossfire Hurricane and the Clinton email thing. Mm-hmm. No one was ever held accountable except Kleinsmith, right? He was yeah, the fall guy. Which was, yeah, right. the fall guy. Exactly right. right. Yeah. That's why we see everything else happening. Because I tell you, if there would have, if Bill Barr would have actually prosecuted 
some high level people like McCabe, Comey, Stroke, mm -hmm. and they'd have gone to prison. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't see a lot sent of stuff. A message. Oh yeah. A message. yeah, oh yeah. You got to send a message, guys. Yeah. Why didn't that happen? Because a lot of guys were really thinking Barr was the guy, Barr, and Barr it was, was such not, a disappointment. Barr was yeah. not a white hat. Barr was. I, I, let me give you my theory, and this is strictly yeah. my theory. Okay. Barr was a Trojan horse. Mm -hmm. Barr, remember, Barr was a bushy, right? He was a Bush guy from uh, the first Bush. He was his AG. And people got to remember, George Bush Sr., not everybody remembers this, was the head of the CIA. Right. Yes, he was. Yeah. Uh, he was in the agencies. Yeah, so, he was. So Barr was his AG. Barr hadn't stuck his head up in 20-some years. All of a sudden, he's like, I, I think this is outrageous. I need to come in and save the day and fix what I see as a complete injustice. But which, he was saving he was saving the day for his establishment buddies. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. Because here's here's the thing. I think a lot of people on the right knew all about what was going on mm -hmm. and they let it happen. And mm -hmm. I think Barr was in there. What's the quickest way to stop an investigation from going where you want it to go to be in charge of it? Yeah, right. That's, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. So where, so who got prosecuted? One guy. But here's the other thing. What about Durham? Right. Dur now, they I, I was just about to ask you that. What do you, see, <laughs> see, you Durham, think about see, Durham? See, Durham, they could have had that Durham indictments before the election i know how yeah, this works yep. they, was, if, yep. if the ag says i want these indictments by this day they'd get these indictments or Don't at least an me. interim report at least right. an interim report right. you know so by the fact when he said well we're not going to have it till after the election that told me they never had an intention of indicting because yeah. they knew yeah. after the election yeah. if mm -hmm. trump lost yeah it would never. They, it will you never immediately see the light of day. knew what side they were on. When they and here's the other thing: yeah. they're talking about. Just the article came out the other day, all excited that Durham is doing grand jury. Let me tell your listeners this, mm -hmm. and I know this by personal experience: you can go through all the way through grand jury, have all the testimony, evidence put into grand jury. The last step, though, is you have to have the uh, DOJ. Either the U.S. attorney, or in this case, would be the attorney general, mm -hmm. sign off on the indictment before you can ask the grand jury to indict. Mm -hmm. They will have to say, look at all the evidence and you're right up and say, yes, I agree with that. You're on solid ground. Go for it. That's why it'll never happen. Because when he gives it to Garland, Garland's going to sit there and never, he'll never yep. approve this. Yep. So yep. it's going nowhere. We'll never <laughs> see anyone held accountable. Mm -hmm. quick, quick quick question. Do you guys think there's any possibility? I, I, it's been drawn out so long that it's I'm pretty skeptical at this point. Do you think there's any possibility of anything happening with any of the uh, uh, the recount stuff, the forensic investigations, and nope. the election nope. stuff? Nope. Okay, you guys have no hope for that stuff. Nope. I'm nope. losing hope quick because yeah. it's I feel like it would have we would have heard something by now. Yeah, if there was no. something that they found. Or well, I think that I think there's stuff out there, and I like, yeah. I know there's a lot of irregularities. I don't think that there's any political will. I think that there's enough actors on both sides of the aisle that don't want it to come to light, and the judiciary is uh, more activist than judges. And so you put all those together, 
Yeah, we're so never. You don't think it's anything. not that there's anything to find. You just think that the stuff that there is to find exactly. is somehow going to be covered up well enough exactly. that we're never going to yeah. hear about it. Exactly. There, there is, that is so disheartening yeah. to me. Yeah. You know, there's so um, many things in the in the election that were um, that that legitimate questions and i i know people are saying that they're not let's, legit. let's no, not they are get legitimate into this questions. i don't want youtube to cancel this video <laughs> what's that i said i don't want youtube to cancel this video let's not get into that yeah. um, <laughs> whenever i talk about that stuff i always talk about the um the planet of turf and uh the election that they had between right. donaldus j trumpius and bo jiden <laughs> and yeah. how that election was maybe doctored in some yeah. way. I don't talk right. about our election because that was perfect. Way to go, right. YouTube, that for was, supporting free speech. Election. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Thank you for doing so, your part to <laughs> free speech. Yeah. Yeah. We live, you guys, we're, we're, it's weird times. We, we have devolved into some degree of fascism here. I mean, really, we yeah. have. I mean, it's unbelievable yeah. that we're not allowed to talk about politics. And, and if people don't believe that, then they're not paying attention. No, they're not paying. You know, it's, it's, it is really, truly uh, now uh, maybe fascism light. Let's call it. Yeah, but it, it really is a kind of form of fascism now that we live. Well, in. I mean, crazy. But that's how it starts. Yeah, that know? is how it starts, and and I'm just hoping we can nip it in the bud. What What do you guys think about 2022? What 2024? Do you have hope? Do you think? Because it looks to me, and Mark Vines gave me hope by saying that he believed that the Democrats are a bit scared because they kind of have recognized that what they've done is too obvious and too extreme, and they are afraid they're only going to be there for four years, so they're trying to push everything they can at the moment. And that gave me hope. And also, I think maybe the Democrats aren't quite as smart as they, as, as the public might think they are. Like, their plans are not quite as well-formed as they should be in order to stay in power for as long as they want. I mean, they're obviously trying to push like uh, HR1 and this kind of stuff to keep the, you know, keep themselves in power. It, but all of their moves seem desperate and obvious. And so it looks yeah. to me like we're going to have some kind of landslide in 2022 and then again in 2024. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that well, uh, well, we're going to take back the, the problem? I think the problem that Democrats have is they were trying to push all this stuff through, but I just don't think they even the Democrats realized how bad Joe Biden was. Oh, you don't I mean, think so? So I, I, I have the thought that maybe they recognized that he was going to be a bit of a dumpster fire. So they thought, look, we can push anything we want through. The American public will get mad at us. But then we just put it on Joe Biden. He's a disposable cup. We fill that cup up with all of our dirty laundry, and then we toss them out after four years. Oh, no, no. I, no I agree with you. I, I agree clean. that they, he, they thought that they could manipulate him, and he was. Yeah. And when he was in, in a better mental state, he, he was just going to be their puppet. But mm -hmm. let, let, listen, Chris, it, it's actually gotten to the point where it, it's much worse than even they, they thought was going to happen. Like, for example, for example, he's on vacation. And this mm -hmm. in Afghanistan situation blows up. They bring him off a of vacation just long enough right. to give a statement and then go and back then he on vacation. without questions. And also, he went to bed the first night of, went to bed. of the Afghanistan disaster. He went to bed early. Did you guys see that report? Right. And then, and then today, the Soviets like that, right? And do you know that when I came on this show today, I, I was seeing reports that up to 12 Marines have been killed. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and when it's I came on the sickening. show, he still had not made a statement. I don't it's, think it's, the Democrats expected that. And, and, that, and, yeah. and to, even, to, even to my Democrat friends, yeah. like you, Chris, I have hardcore left friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even they are saying, oh, my goodness. See, yeah. what in the world? 
Afghanistan here, is a wake-up call, if nothing else. It is. Sorry, here, sorry Franco. The, here's the thing with Biden. This is the first time in probably his entire professional career that he, he exceeded people's expectations. Because <laughs> we all thought he was going to be bad. I don't think anybody realized he was going to be this bad, to include the Dems. I, I agree yeah, with you, Chris. Yeah. I think that they were saying, okay, this guy's disposable. If we have to, we'll jettison him and say it was all his bad ideas. Mm-hmm. And then they realized, holy smoke, Kamala really is you know, an empty pantsuit. I mean, and, yeah. uh, and well, like, you, know, you know, she was a, this is going to sound harsh, but she's a diversity hire. Yeah, you know, she was brought in because they wanted to they because th- the Democrats think, oh, black people vote for right. black people, uh, right. you know, and, and Kamala Harris isn't really black, but let's pretend she is. Right. And, you know, women vote for women. So let's bring in the diversity hire so that everybody can relate to her in this kind of thing. And- OK, everybody, that was part two of our live stream interview with uh, Chris Coles, a.k.a. Mr. Reagan. So Frank Reynolds and I really enjoyed talking with him, and and we'll get out the rest of this interview for you as well. And I hope that uh, you gained a lot out of this, you learned something, and you know, once again, folks, just thank you for joining us. Check out our, our spot on Parlor Rumble. Please pass this on to all of your friends, and we will be talking with you all soon.